0: Hi there, welcome to Liquidation Preference, the podcast that discusses everything founders need to know about startup law and venture capital over a beverage of our choosing. I'm your host, Andrew Kusmal, and I'm glad you stopped by for a quick drink. Today, we will be discussing mentors, advisors, finders, and predators in the startup world while I enjoy a flavorful IPA. So grab a drink, pull up a seat, and let's get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by Kusmal Legal, law firm dedicated to helping founders navigate the legal process of starting, running, and fundraising for a startup. Head on over to kussmaullegal.com. That's k-u-s-s-m-a-u-l-legal.com to read great material tailored for founders and get help with all your startup's legal needs. So for today's discussion, I really kind of wanted to round out our previous discussions around starting and forming your startup. In our first discussion, we talked about Entity formation and the state you shouldn't you should, the state you should form in In our second discussion we talked about the incorporation process kind of the documents that go there the Structure of your company And then this one, like I said rounding it out with kind of the for lack of a better word the support staff that any founder any startup needs and that's really when it comes to mentors and advisors. I chose an IPA for today's discussion because they're plentiful, just like mentors and advisors. I mean, every time I go into a liquor store in the beer section, I feel like that's all I see sometimes are just IPAs. And when you go to any sort of startup com, startup event or function, there are a ton of people there who can make really good advisors or really good mentors. And just like with any IPA, you see that they all, all of them have a bunch of different flavors, different styles, like a hazy IPA, for example, every single mentor and advisor has their own experience and advice that's unique to them that they can bring to the table. And with like any good IPA, they're very enjoyable and powerful. Very similar to a good mentor and advisor. These are people who can really propel your startup, propel your business to that next level, help you out, and they're really enjoyable to work with. You know, you're able to have conversations with them. They know what you're going through and they say they're going to do something and they actually do it. So we're going to start with mentors. Now, I think a mentor is essential for any founder, any entrepreneur. When you think of mentor, you know, you think of, you have your own description that pops into your head. The one that pops into my head is like an old sage, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, teaching a young Luke Skywalker in the ways of the force. And, you know, while not every, every mentor is different, they do offer and they should bring to the table you know, advice, that wisdom, you know, like Obi-Wan Kenobi had. They've been there before. They know what they're, what you're going through. Someone who can just help you out, provide valuable insight. If you're stuck, they can help you. They can offer some sort of advice. They are also a great confidant and source of support. You know, let's not Kid about it being an entrepreneur, being a founder of a startup, it's very, it's very stressful. It's very hard. And it can be sometimes <laughs> depressing. And you need someone who has been in the trenches before, who knows what you're going through, just to be able to vent to sometimes. And of course, you have your family, your loved ones, your friends, you know, and the good ones, they'll listen to you, but they don't really. Know exactly what you've been through. And I'm not saying don't talk to your friends and family and loved ones about what you're going through. I'm just saying they won't know exactly what you've been through. Whereas a mentor will, you can basically call them almost anytime in the middle of the night and they'll pick up your phone, they'll pick up your call and just listen and try to help you get through whatever rough patch that you're going through right now. As I alluded to, or I mentioned earlier with IPAs, mentors, they're, I mean, they're everywhere. Um, People who've started one, two, five, 10, 20 successful businesses, they've all been through it before. They're all able to offer some sort of insight, some better than others, of course, but you can find them everywhere in any sort of startup event or function in your local startup community, they're there. You may, now it's funny, you may think that, well, I'm in a small town or maybe my town doesn't have a startup community. It might, but if it doesn't, I guarantee you the town next over or the bigger town, you know, will definitely go to those events, those functions, and just, you know, start talking to people, meeting people. You know, it's a great source of camaraderie. You're gonna find other people who are starting businesses just like you. And then you'll be able to find people who've, like I said, been through it before and be able to offer you advice. And it's that offering advice, that's that's the real important thing here when it comes to mentors and just the startup community in general. It's amazing. Something that I've noticed is a lot of people in the community, 99% of them operate on like a pay it forward attitude. You know, everybody wants to see everybody succeed. Everybody wants to help everybody because when they were just starting out, that's what they got. They, they people wanted to help them out. People helped them out. People gave them free advice, you know. And they want to pay it forward, and it's great. That's what I love about the startup community, and it's just so inspiring. And any good mentor is just willing to do it for for free. Uh, they're able to they'll they'll drop what they're doing and help you out when you need help. And with that being said, there's really You know being a lawyer here talking about agreements and contracts and everything there's no formal agreement that's ever entered into between a mentor and a founder or an entrepreneur it's just basically a friendship think of it like that someone that like i said you can talk to at any time you meet up with uh, for drinks once a week or just email once a month give them a call once a month if you find someone who wants to offer you advice and help you out, but they want something out of it in return, like some sort of compensation, you know, definitely, you know, or equity in the company definitely, you know, run uh, from that person. Because like I said earlier, most people are willing, pay it forward mentality, willing to do it for free. Now, getting a little bit more formal outside of mentors, we have advisors and you know, advisors can be kind of viewed as a type of mentor, right? But typically how I view advisors and how founders should view advisors or find advisors or who should be their advisor is an advisor tends to have more industry-specific insights, experience, or contacts. Say, for example, you have a biomedical startup. Who are you going to want as an advisor? Like a, a doctor, for example, Someone who's run a biomedical startup before, someone in the medical industry or field, someone who can help your startup navigate that industry, you know, and gain a foothold in the market where they have, a, you know, contacts being able to help get you that, that big contract that you need. With advisors, some of them, similar to mentors, do work on a pay it forward mentality. But however, some do want to enter into a more, you know, like a formal agreement formal arrangement with the startup and you know get some compensation with either a restricted stock grant or stock options. Now when it comes to how much equity to issue an advisor, I get this question all the time. You know, Andrew, how much, you know, I got this great advisor, you know, how much equity should I give them? Yeah, you know, it it really just, of course, the favorite attorney answer is just it depends, right? But the typical range that i see is anywhere between 0.1% to 1.5% equity with 0.25% being the most common and being what's most mostly sought by you know advisors never never agree to pay your advisor cash you know if an advisor is asking for some sort of salary or some sort of monetary compensation you know definitely again that's a red flag run away from them any good advisor worth their salt knows that in the very beginning of a startup you have no money and you're not going to be able to afford to pay people, you know, a salary. And again, that's something to look out for. If someone wants some sort of monthly stipend or, or cash payment, you know, definitely they're not for you. When it comes to what's actually in the advisor agreement, they're, they're pretty straightforward the advisor agreement it spells out the role that the advisor is going to be playing you know what they're going to be doing the level of services you know are they going to be committing x hours per month uh, jump on a call every week and it's also going to describe you know the compensation you know what that is the amount of equity that they're getting whether it's like i said restricted stock or stock options there are really two important pieces in the advisor agreement that you need to make sure that you have. One is for everyone, every single startup, every single founder needs to make sure that the formal advisor arrangement agreement that you enter into has some sort of NDA provision in in it. A lot of advisors are working on you know, various startups, various different startups at the same time as, you know, helping yours out. And you just want to make sure that that NDA language is in there so they don't disclose any information about your startup to other startups that they're working on who could be, you know, potential competitors. The other thing that you need to make sure that's in a startup and not every single startup needs this, and it just really depends on the advisor and their role. And that's an assignment of inventions provision. You know, if you have a very, you know, technical advisor, someone who's really kind of helping you out develop, helping you develop your IP, you're going to want to make sure that that language is in there. So all the IP that or whatever they developed that went into the product that you're making belongs to the company, you know, and not to them. With the advisor agreement, and the equity that you give them, you're going to want to make sure that that's subject to a vesting schedule. I said last episode, make sure everybody vests. This is very, very true when it comes to advisors as well. However, if you remember in our last discussion, we talked about the typical vesting period for founders being, you know, four year period with a one year cliff with advisors, it's a lot shorter with no cliff thinking, you know, one to two years and, also having in it what's called single trigger acceleration. Now what this means is that that if the startup is, you know, bought by somebody else before the advisor's shares or equity you know, have fully vested, then they automatically vest at the time that of the sell fully vested, so they get everything that they're owed. Now we're going to talk about finders. And well, I don't know how else to say this, but Finders are people you should typically you should typically avoid. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of finders out there in the startup community who are going to be coming after me for saying this. And, you know, the reason why I say avoid them is not because all of them are predators. You know, some of them definitely are. But because most just don't deliver. Now, if you're new to the startup world and you don't know what a finder is, a finder is somebody who promises that they'll be able to find you investment, find you investors. And of course, this is what a lot of young or, you know, naive founders like to hear, you know, someone who's saying, Oh, you know, I have all these investors. I have this whole list of investors, you know, and I guarantee you, I guarantee that's the word right there. They guarantee that they're going to be able to find someone to invest in your company. Well, Unfortunately, from my experience, that guarantee means nothing. Most of the time, they don't, they, they don't deliver whatsoever. And the interesting thing about finders is that, well, I have clients who say that they found someone who, who said that they'll be able to find them investors, you know, for a certain percentage, you know, that's, you know, the finders there, they, that's how they make their money. They want a certain percentage of whatever the total investment amount is. And, you know, I'll ask them, I'll be like, okay, well, is this person a registered broker-dealer? And more often than not, the answer is no. And, you know, that's the thing when it comes to finders. You know, they're kind of the startup world's dirty little secret. Maybe not that much of a secret, but how most of them operate. They need to be registered as broker-dealers under relevant securities laws. Now, using a finder who isn't a registered broker-dealer can have a lot of legal ramifications, you know, for them, of course, and and for you. With how the securities laws are structured, I'm not going to dive deep into it. Maybe I will do some securities laws discussions later on if people really want to fall asleep. But the whole essence of it is, is, if you use a finder to find investors who isn't a registered broker-dealer, and those people invest in your startup, those investors have the right to rescind their investment at any time and demand full payment of it back. You know, as any true good startup will do. Of course, once you get that investment money, you're already spending it. You're spending it on R and D or marketing, and you know it's already gone. You know, this can really put you in a bind where you're legally obligated to pay back the full amount that they invested—two like hundred fifty thousand dollars, for example and you know it can really bankrupt it can bankrupt your startup and end it right there also too you could be subjected to some sort of legal action around securities laws violations they're helping out with that with that being said using a finder can also blow up future deals when it comes to vcs now when you're raising your money Again, I'm going to lightly touch on securities laws here, so bear with me. You have to file what's called a Form D uh, with the SEC. And on this Form D, you have to list anyone who is getting any sort of commission from from the investment. And, of course, most finders, that's what they do. They want a commission from the investment, so you have to list them on there. Well... When a VC is doing their due diligence, their attorneys are going to pour through any previous form D filings that you've done, if you've done any, and they're going to see that person listed on that section. They're going to look into it and they're going to see that they're not a registered broker dealer. And because of the issues that I just described with it, bankrupting bankrupting the startup and the potential legal liability, you know, they're not going to want to invest. You know, most of the times they're probably going to pull out once they find that because they know. Well, what they don't want is they don't want the money that they're investing in your startup to be able to go to pay some other previous investor the amount back of their investment, right? They don't want it to go into the startup and then you have to pay that previous investor because that previous investor, you know, has buyer's remorse and you're legally obligated to pay them back the full amount that they invested. You know, the VCs want that money that they're investing in your startup to go towards your startup, to go towards the product, help the company grow, to reach that exit so everybody, you know, You know exits happy with a lot of money and then of course there are finders who just are predators and you know you'll you'll know these people when you when you see them or when you hear what they want in return i should say because you know they'll want you know a ridiculous amount of you know money compensation or some form of equity you know i've i've come across people who wanted you know like 10 percent equity from a company just for finding investors you know, things like that. Those are definitely red flags, things to run away from. Now, speaking of predators, there are many predators in the startup community. That's just the unfortunate reality of it. I mentioned earlier, they do prey on young or naive founders. And you can really tell who these people are by how they act. You know, they have a lot of, well, they're cocky, right? You know, the confidence is one thing, but these people are really cocky. You know, they're very sometimes charismatic. you know, kind of very loud, they're boastful, boasting about all the successes they had and everything, you know, most of that's bullshit. And they try to confuse you in a way of like how smart they are by throwing out a bunch of big terms, Um, things that you may not, words you may not know, talking about, you know, raising, how to raise investment funds and processes that seem really, really confusing. And it's just all to cover up the fact that they don't know what they're doing and they just want to get money out of you. You really do get a gut feeling with these people when you meet them. And if you don't any good startup attorney or mentor or advisor, you know, be able to warn you about them just by how they act. You know, most of the time, another key tell is, you know, they. Try to sell you on something that they can do for your startup, you know, some service that they that they operate, you know, oh yeah, we'll pay us this much money and we can do this for your startup and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's in, or they ask for a ridiculous amount of equity. And again, you know, those those are types of red flags. Again, a good mentor, advisor, or startup attorney can tell you to run away from these people. You know, I had I've had several clients who've come in contact with predators, and I've come in contact with a few predators in the startup you know, community. And uh, every single one of my clients who's come into contact one at the end of the day, you know, they're always like, you know what, I had a gut feeling about that person. You know, there's something just didn't sit right. But I just, you know, use them anyways. And that's really, really important when it comes to choosing, you know, a mentor or an advisor. You know, you're pouring your heart and soul into your startup, you want to make sure that you have a good feeling about the person who's going to be you know, working closely with it or helping you. And if you don't have that gut feeling, or if you have that feeling like, yeah, something's wrong, something's off, you know, just just leave, just walk away, find someone else. Like I said, with IPAs, good mentors or advisors, good mentors and advisors, there's plenty of them out there. And, you know, last thing, you know, while these predators, you know, they may promise, you know, powerful results, just like a bad IPA, all they're going to do is just leave you with a bad taste in your mouth and a pounding headache. Well, I wish I could order another round with you, but unfortunately it's time to go. If you'd like to learn more about what was discussed today, head on over to my blog at kusmalllegal.com. That's k-u-s-s-m-a-u-l-legal.com. Also be sure to follow me on Twitter at techstartupattorney. That's attorney spelled A-T-T-Y and on Clubhouse at startup Attorney and Instagram at startup underscore attorney. I hope you enjoyed our time together, your beverage of choice, and that you learned something useful. More importantly, I hope you enjoyed this much-needed break from running your startup. Being a founder is stressful, and it's important to take breaks every once in a while. While you're always taking care of your startup, you shouldn't forget to take care of yourself. See you next time. Everything discussed in this episode is purely educational in nature and should not be interpreted in any way as legal advice specific to your startup. If you have any questions about what was discussed on today's show and how it pertains to your startup or situation, please consult with your legal counsel.